Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's start with prayer. My heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, Moses could not get the people in unless you forgave them. Father, let the power of my Lord be great again and grant us repentance. Grant us forgiveness. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, to you. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Do you have enough courage to look at yourself in the mirror? Are you one of those people that put your head in the sand and won't look at what you are really like? Do you have enough courage today to look yourself in the mirror, to look at the Word of God and see what the Word of God says about us, and then to see something very wonderful that God has done for us? If you will turn with me to Deuteronomy 7. Where did sickness come from? Have you ever been sick? Where did it come from? Deuteronomy 7. I'm going to begin in verse 12. Wherefore it shall come to pass, and this is the Father speaking to Moses, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep thee and the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto thy fathers, and he will love thee, and he will bless thee, and he will multiply thee, and he will also bless the fruit of thy womb, and the fruit of thy land, and thy corn, and thy wine, and thy oil, and the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep, in the land which he swore under thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be a male or female barren among you, nor among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness." All sickness, and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon them that hate thee. Why would you be without sickness? Why would you be that blessed? Because you hearkened unto the Lord. Now turn with me to Deuteronomy 28, verse 58. I'm going to begin in. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, to, do, to obey God. Then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful, and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues, and long continuance, and sore sicknesses, and long continuance. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou was afraid of, and they shall cleave to thee. Also every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of this law, will the Lord God bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. Where does sickness come in? It comes in with disobedience. It comes in with disobedience. Adam disobeyed the father and sin came in. And along with sin came sickness. Came sickness. What brought sickness? Disobedience. Now, what do we do? What do we do? Well, in Acts 1, Peter talks about Jesus and his passion, the things that he suffered. 
And we know from John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he sent, he sent his only begotten son that those who believe in him might have life everlasting. You know what life everlasting means? No sickness. No sickness. Turn with me to Luke 18. I don't have time to go through all three of them, but there are three passages almost exactly alike where Jesus talks about his passion, what he's about to suffer, and why is he getting ready to suffer this? He came to the earth. He walked as a man. He was a man. He healed the sick. Anybody that came to him when he was out in the wilderness, he healed them all. He walked on the water. He opened blind eyes. He healed the leper. But he came here for another reason. He came here to bring us back to where Adam was. He came to die for us. He came so we could become children of the Father. You know, the Father loved us so much, he wanted us back. He wanted us back. You know, he, the, this was the God of heaven. This was the God of all spirits. This is the God that could destroy the human race as one man. Did he do it? No. Why? He wanted his children back. He wants you back. He wants you back. And the only way to get you back, the only way to bring you out of your disobedience was to send somebody that was obedient. And here in, Matt, in Luke 18, Jesus is speaking. And he's talking to his disciples. And he's telling them what's coming. What is coming. And he says in verse 31, Then he took unto him the twelve, and he said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. I have done everything so far that my father has given me to get to do. I healed the gathering. I healed the leopards. I opened blind eyes. I opened dumb ears. I, op I healed everybody that came to me. But now, but now, that's over. We're getting ready to go to Jerusalem. And he said, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Concerning the Son of Man, not the Son of God, concerning the Son of Man. Jesus came. He's, the Father said in Hebrews, he said, a body hast thou prepared me. A body hast thou prepared me. Jesus left all his godly abilities and he went into that body. He went into that body for one purpose and that was to set us free. That was to redeem us back to the Father. That was to take sin out of us. That was to get rid of the sickness. That was to make us children of God. Children of God. Do you know that's his desire for you is to be a child of God, to be God's daughter, to be God's son. That's what the Father wanted. And the only way to do that was to send Jesus in perfect obedience as a man, die. So he could get rid of death. He had to die so he could get rid of the death. And now Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says that the, he said, all the things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles. That's when his passion, that's when his suffering started. It didn't just start on the cross. It started when he was delivered to the Gentiles. It says, and he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spit on. And they shall scourge him and they shall put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. My friends, that's the gospel. 
That's the gospel. Romans 1 says we are, that Paul was not ashamed of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation to all those that believe. And Jesus is telling here as exactly what the gospel is. He said he's going to be delivered to the Gentiles. The Jews weren't going to take care of him. The Gentiles were. And it says, and he shall be mocked, but spitefully entreated, spit it on, spit on, and they shall scourge him, and they shall put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. The Father has been ministering to me all this week about that scourging. You know, I was wrong. I thought that the gospel, Jesus' suffering started when he was on the cross, but no. God corrected me. I love when God corrects us. I love when God talks to us. I love when God speaks to me out of the word of God. He said, this is when it started. It started when he was delivered to the Gentiles. His passion, his suffering started when he was delivered to the Gentiles. And one of the things that had to happen when he was delivered to the Gentiles was he had to be scourged. He had to be scourged. Now, there is a, a, in the Jewish law, there is a whipping there is a, a stripes that are given to a man under the Jewish law, and he can only be whipped by a whip 40 lashes, 40 times. And in fact, the Jews, to make sure that they didn't do it any more than 40, they would only do it 39 times. Paul speaks of it. He says, uh, what he said, five times I received 40 stripes, save one. Paul was striped, whipped five times, 40 stripes, mine one. But Jesus was scourged. Jesus was scourged, something totally different. The scourging happened under the Romans. It did not happen under the Jews. Jesus was scourged by the Romans. And if you will look that up, and it is in history, the Roman scourge was not a typical whip. It was not a typical whip. It had a hard handle, and then it would have three or more um, tongs, leather strips, three or more, and they were short, two to three feet long, not very long. But in those ropes, in those leather thongs, they tied pieces of metal. And they tied pieces of bone. And they tied strips of metal. Why? For the very purpose of opening the flesh. For the very purpose of tearing, opening the flesh. For the very purpose of a stabbing by the, the bones and the metal when they whipped a person. And you know what? The Romans had no end to how much you needed scourged. They didn't have the 40 stripes save one. They could stripe you as many times as was necessary. And this is what Jesus was looking at when he told his disciples, I'm getting ready to go to Jerusalem. I'm getting ready to be scourged. I'm getting ready to be crucified. Jesus was scourged. And there is a record that was in the, um, uh, let me read it to you. It was an ecclesiastical history. And it talks about the martyrs about a hundred, uh, less than 100 years after Jesus was, was crucified. And it talks about witnesses that watched Christians be scourged by the Roman scourge. Not the Hebrew, not the Jew, but the Roman scourge. And that person, that, that the witnesses were talking about how they were so amazed that the Christians being scourged, that the scourge was so bad, so bad, that when they were Beaten, when they were scourged, you could see the veins and you could see the bowels in the innermost parts of their body. That was a scourging, friends. It wasn't just a whip on the back. It cut open the flesh. And you know what? Jesus went there. Jesus went there. And why did he go there? He went there for us. 
He went there willingly for us. The man was scourged. They opened up the skin in his back where the blood gushed out. And why? He did it for us. Turn with me to Isaiah 50. I'm going to begin in verse 5. This is Jesus speaking. This is, you know what? Jesus read this when he was on the earth. He knew this was talking about him. He knew it was himself speaking. And what do these words say? It said, the Lord God has opened my ears and I was not rebellious. Isn't that a wonderful statement? Isn't that a wonderful statement? The Lord God opened my ears and I was not rebellious. I did what the Father set me to do. And what does it say? I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. He told his disciples, we're getting ready to go to Jerusalem. He said his face, we're going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be scourged. They are going to cut my back to pieces. Why? Let's go on. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off their hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. This is Jesus before the Romans. This is Jesus as a man, and this is Jesus doing it for you. He willingly, willingly did this for you, willingly. He says, I gave my back to the smiters. I gave it to him. Why? Because of his love for you. Because of his love for you and because of his love for his father. He said, I'm going to obey my father. I love him and I'm going to obey him. I will not turn back. I will give my back to the smiters. Why? For you and I. For you and I. He willingly gave his back to the smiters. He willingly let him cut his back open with those cords and that metal and the bone. Willingly did it. Why? Let's go on. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be confounded. Therefore, I have set my face as flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Jesus set his face as flint to get himself through the scourging, to get himself through the crucifixion, to get himself through the death, to get himself through going to hell for us, to get himself through, and he kept his eyes on the Father. He kept his hands up in hell, praising the Father, knowing knowing his body will not see corruption and knowing that that sacrifice that he did for the Father was going to satisfy him concerning us. Concerning us. Turn with me to Isaiah 53. Verse 5. Jesus on the cross. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Why was he on the cross? He had our sin on him. He took our sin on his own body. He took our iniquities on his own body. He took our poverty on his own body. Why? Because he set his face like flint to get you and I delivered, to get you and I born again, to get you and I to be children of the Father. And it says, surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace, the punishment, whatever it took, the correction of our peace 
was upon Jesus and this next phrase, and with his stripes, with his stripes, we are healed. He willingly, willingly gave his back to the smiters, willingly gave his back to the smiters, knowing taking those stripes would heal us, would heal us. What brought sickness? Disobedience. What brought sickness? Rebellion against God. What did Jesus do? He gave his back to the smiters so you and I could be healed. So you and I could be healed. You got sickness? It was paid for with the scourging. It was paid for with the scourging. Jesus willingly took the scourge so you and I could be healed. That's what we keep our hearts on. That's what we look at when we're sick. That's what we keep our heart on. That's what we believe when the circumstances look different. And when we keep our eyes on that gospel and we believe that Jesus willingly took the scourge for us so we could be healed, when we trust in that, when we believe it, when we stand on it, then it'll manifest. It'll manifest. Romans says that when we believe, it will abound through our lie. And that truth that Jesus took the scourging for us so we could be healed will become manifest. And we will go on to be children, children of God, totally forgiven, totally justified, totally redeemed, totally prosperous, and totally healed. God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.